and that's really, really good. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Hey. Hey. So what's up? <laughs> what's well, called? Because uh, I had two missed calls from you from when I was on the phone earlier, so I called you back. I never called you. Yeah, I had, I had two missed calls from you. Let's see what time it was. Are you sure it's me? I don't have your number saved. I just recognize when there's a seven and a four in it. Oh. You didn't? Yeah, I didn't call you. Oh, okay. Okay. But I stalked you. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's a beautiful day, huh? It is. So, while I got you here, though, um, what's the deal with your friend Catherine and, and my doctor? Okay. Oh, so, what's today, Monday? You and I chilled Saturday night, right? Um, so she calls me Sunday morning, and I'm just sitting at my desk with a few hours to kill, and she rings, and I talk to her, like, once a year, so she's in the army and shit, and was my one friend growing up, and, uh, anytime I hear from her is really special, because where we left off, like, our friendship was incomplete, and I feel she is... She closes the loop on my brain. So anyways, she calls and she wants to talk about this book she's reading in the realm of Hungry Ghosts. And she's like, Lex, I wanted to talk with you about it because growing up we were so anti-drug and for some reason interested in, in healing people regarding drugs. Like we were like 11 running around in Port Coquitlam where everyone's doing heroin. Like what the fuck is going on? So yeah. she calls me and we start talking about it and um, I just hit record and we had this two hour long conversation talking about all sorts of stuff like that. And yeah. it was just really, really, really interesting because of course Gabor pulled you out of your mom's pussy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Julia came flying out and we don't know who caught her. but Who I caught guess, her? <laughs> I don't know, but I guess What was the name for it? Breach? Um, yeah, it was Breach. I was Breach. Yeah, what does that mean? I don't know. I guess it just means that something, something different's happening. Yeah. Yeah. How do you... So, <laughs> sorry? But how is she connected to Gabor? Just that she was reading it and called to tell me that I should read his literature. And I was like, listen, Catherine, like what he's talking about is one of my life missions. Uh, You should read the book. And she was like, yeah, well, I was calling to tell you that you should read the book. And so uh, through all this, she's kind of in um, a manic state right now. So all of her thoughts are incredibly like live, electric. It's beautiful. I just thought it was the strangest thing. Yeah, do you think there are coincidences? No, but serendipity is definitely a sign of being in the flow, right? Yeah, for sure. 
Do you believe there are coincidences? No, but I was wondering, I was wondering if you think of it as strange, if it stops happening. So we, we got into that too, and her belief is that the flow will stop once fear is introduced. Well, okay, so my take is fear will disturb the flow. And her take was, okay, but fear from not having enough people to bounce your ideas off of and to feel hurt. And then I brought it further and I said, okay, fear from not having enough um, like infrastructure to continue exploring the thoughts, but also fear of not having an opportunity to hone in further on the thoughts yeah. if while yeah. we're in the flow, more great thoughts are coming to us. Yeah. And so we just kind of left it at that. And now we're going to talk on Wednesday about the topic again and see if we've concluded anything further. What's your take? See if you can, see if you can figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it sounds like to me, like, you know, when you have deja vu and, and you're experiencing it. And as soon, I think as soon as you notice that you're having deja vu, it stops. Right. It's like something you have to be unself-conscious about it. Right. So but that's just what it seems like to me. So it's like, if you think strange is good and you think it's strange, then that's great. But if somewhere in your subconscious strange is kind of bad or funny or weird or whatever, like maybe you're just stopping those serendipitous moments um, by accident, just by labeling them as strange. Okay, here's here's another thought. Yeah, hit me. Okay, so don't you feel that appreciation and gratitude and being of the moment and, and aware of the moment but not clutching to it uh, encourages flow? Yeah, I believe that. And so in that way, we can't be unconscious about the flow. Huh. Oh, yeah, not unconscious, but not not about consciousness. It's about self-conscious. Oh, not questioning it. That's fear. Yeah. Yeah, that's fear because that's saying, okay, this feels impermanent. This yes. feels borrowed. This feels not naturally stemming yes. from me. Mm. Yes. That's right. Yeah, in the end, it's just, you know, it's either a spring or it's coming from the glacier. But when we get the water, it's beautiful regardless. That's right. Now, what do we do about impedances to the stream? And are they bad? Because her fear is that eventually her manic episode will flip into a depressive episode. And I said that you can't fight that. You have to be open to it. Being open to it will prolong its setting in and also there's a lot to learn in that complementary depressive state too yeah i think i believe what you said when you know you become so attuned to who you are and and what's going on inside you that if you feel like you're stepping to the edge of some depression zone you know how to counter it. it's like just a game of chess right at the same time i'm realizing why I personally know how to avoid it. I'm seeing that there is a there is a place for for that state, and if it's occurring naturally, I ought to embrace. Oh yeah, it. yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. You have to let to... you have to sit with the pain. If you don't sit with it, then you push it away somewhere, and it can't move through you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, there's totally a place, but but 
you probably know as well that it can be debilitating and it can be just completely not useful. <clears throat> Absolutely, it can set it can set off your path for you know mm -hmm. years. But you just said something really interesting about pain. I've been researching dopamine. Of course, it turns out that while we're having a dopamine dopaminogenic experience, we're flooded with dopamine. It causes an almost simultaneous experience of pleasure and pain, it turns out. So the, the pain comes in where it's to encourage or it complements the drive of dopamine so that we seek the experience again. Let's say we are um, yeah. eating something really good. The dopamine was produced in leading up to eating that thing, the excitement of eventually eating it. The pain comes in after the first bite while we feel pleasure. We at the same time feel sadness. Uh. And so that sadness drives the next bite. That is to uh. say that dopamine is... <laughs> in itself a reflection of life well then it sounds like it sounds like then i mean if these are all just chemicals of the brain it sounds like we're just controlled by the brain Which uh, I don't really want to believe. There's other ways to look at it too, of course. What would you rather believe? Uh, I don't know. I don't like things of the flat. Yeah, I, I don't know. Actually, I shouldn't say that. I it's, sometimes it's hard to talk, you know. <laughs> like, what is that? What is there to say? <laughs> it's like it's it's all. We could yeah. take all I this. I mean, it in... can never be explained. I guess it's fun to try to explain it. It's, of course, it's fun. Um, but I'm, I'm questioning science these days. Yeah, everything that, that was just said could be explained like spiritually as well. It's up to yeah. whatever actually you want to hear the truth in the form of. Yeah. So you don't like science. No, not that I don't like it. It's just I know that it, I know its boundaries for mm -hmm. me. I think for science to explain the meaning of life is just a total. It's like the, it's like an it's like an apple trying to explain an orange. Mm -hmm. The meaning of life is life itself. It needs no explanation, right? Mm -hmm. So when people try to find meaning in science. Um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, if they do, if they can, that's all good for them. Mm. That's all good. Who knows? Who knows? But you gotta get you some more of that water. Yeah, I just drank the last of it this morning. It's beautiful. Oh, it's like it totally. It just raises the vibration <laughs> completely. Yeah. So everything that was just discussed could be put in terms of vibration, of energy, of metaphysical, uh -huh. and to some that scientific, to some matters of the heart and emotion, that scientific, and uh 
uh-huh. when we talk about science is it not just like you would said boundaries that help us understand and uh, some people exist in a very physical tertiary um, uh-huh. realism based way and science uh-huh. really helps them understand that that's right That's exactly right. But, um, yeah, uh, there's ways to explain this water. Like, it has minerals in it. You know, it comes from here, whatever. But then there's also, like, it feels like it's alive to me. So, right. so, so what's that? And then there's music. Uh, you know, computers can make sounds, and they can call it music, but... The ancient Greeks said that there were three parts to making music. It's first music of a human being, musica humana, then musica instrumentalis, which is the instrument. And then the last one, I don't know, in uh, is it Latin or something? Um, harmony of the spheres. So those three things come into play, and that's music. It's not just some guy playing guitar. It's like a guy's got to be playing guitar and thinking about the harmony of the uh, stars. <laughs> and, then, and then there's some real, uh, I don't know, stuff happening. Right. You know? Hmm. I don't know. I think about love in this way, too, how there's many different forms of love and outdated now are the terms that previously we used to classify it. There's agape and earthly love, uh, mm-hmm. basic love for all creatures, all, all mankind. Mm-hmm. There's charitas, which is uh, a very giving, uh, selfless love. There's erotic love, which by now I think we all understand is not even love. There's so much, and as we're going about our days, hopefully we're emitting at least one form of this at a time so that we can be open to receiving it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of this could could be broken down into chemicals and stuff too, but how sad is that to something so... So sad. Yeah. yeah. It's something that's so profound. Right, right, and yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to be worried about the, the chemicals involved there right yeah because when you're in love you're not thinking about dopamine or the, what chemicals being secreted by a gland in your brain right, right. <laughs> uh, you could be and if that makes your experience more meaningful then yeah all the best but i don't think it would so when you drink the water and it feels alive, it, it would bastardize the aliveness of the water to determine what it is that makes it alive. I think so. I think if we know everything, then there's no magic and, I don't know, what's the point? Agreed. You know? Well, on that note, I'll let you go. Yeah, I'm going to drive home. Okay, dope. Okay, well, yeah, have a beautiful day. You too. Bye. Okay, bye-bye.